Breaking down a bracket. Oodalalagaldi, what a day. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode, we'll focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. All right, Kyle, we're back. We're flocking from the nerdiness of attraction types, heading over to Best Disney Bird. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, back in this animal realm, we've explored it a few times, but just to clarify, this can be parks birds, movie birds, shorts birds, any bird from any Disney entity or property or franchise. It's all fair game. We're just, all birds. We we opened the bracket wide open for people to, you know, s- submit whoever they thought when when we gave them who's your favorite Disney birds. And uh, of course, we need some help figuring this one out. So we're bringing in a non-time listener First time caller, it is my brother, Robbie. Robbie, what's going on? What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me, man. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's always This is going to be exciting because I definitely know you haven't listened to this podcast, and I definitely know <laughs> that uh, you're not as big of a Disney nerd as Chris and I, but I guess, uh, I mean, what's your connection to Disney besides, I mean, we, we've gone on vacation there before, um, we've... we've gone every other year basically when we were growing up and a follow-up question do you like birds um let me answer that first question birds are probably my least favorite animal good but that's, um, that's unrelated to this topic but anyways yeah so disney um i love disneyland uh went there last this J- january actually and had just an absolutely great time um the dark rides are my favorite so I did listen to that last podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, um, I the movies are great, obviously. Um, I mean, Marvel's taken off, but um, yeah, longtime fan of Disney and just not as hardcore as you guys. <laughs> and that's completely fine. Well, of course, if we're going to be talking about Disney, that means we're going to have to have a little spoonful of sugar. Chris, what is in your cup tonight? All right, y'all. We are approaching October, which for... Everyone who follows baseball, works in baseball, it's a busy time of year. Heading down the stretch, especially this season when pretty much there's still plenty of competition left with less than two weeks out, uh, which is when we're recording this episode. So, you know, I had to be efficient with my time. Headed to the gym earlier today. I was probably about 10 or 11 hours ago, and I did not have time to drink my post-gym protein shake. So I'm finally getting around to it. But I'm also recording Mouse Madness. So, you know, I got to get my drink on. So I have a just ratchet, regular water and whey protein shake chocolate. All right. With a dash of spiced rum. (laughs) And for anyone who was uh, a frat boy or kind of acted like a frat boy in college that's a frat boy drink you get back from the gym with the pump you got to get your pregame on you got to combine the two beverages because you know time's ticking so uh, i'm calling this drink the how far i'll bro oh man 
<laughs> Kyle, what do you got? Oh, man, Chris, if that's not a UC Santa Barbara drink, I don't know what is. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, I'm uh, I'm back on my beer game. For those who are just tuning in and, and have no idea what's going on in the world, uh, the West Coast is on fire. And today uh, is the first day in weeks that we've had fresh air and blue skies. So it's feeling a little bit back to normal, a little bit more like summertime. So I'm drinking a, a, a hazy IPA right now that was surprised in my fridge by my lovely girlfriend, Nina. Uh, she brought it home after a haircut, and it is called Palms Psalms, which I thought was fitting. Palm trees, birds. Uh, I'm not even going to change the name of it. It's nice. It's very fruity. Um, it feels like summertime in a spoonful of sugar mug. So I'm not mad at it. Robbie, what do you have in your cup? Yeah, nothing like Chris's, but I do have this gold, what is this, gold road mango cart uh, tall beer and uh, French kiss. It is delicious. Yeah, summer vibes. All Everyone except for Chris. We're on summer vibes and Chris's, <laughs> I guess, summer is. vibes. <laughs> guess Santa Barbara summer vibes, but... I feel like I'm about to go to a house party on DP or maybe just walk up and down DP and not even go inside a house party. Yeah, exactly. You don't have an in, so you've just pre-worked out for your uh, for your for your trek. Before we talk birds, everyone who listens to Mouse Madness knows that we have a target demographic that we survey to get our seating. So we found a very appropriate demographic for this bird bracket. And that demographic is people weighing in on the Walt Disney World cast member that was caught holding a duck situation on TikTok. <laughs> uh, if you didn't remember this, this was like back right when Walt Disney World opened back up in this pandemic season that we're having. And there was this TikTok that went around of a cast member that who just fully snatched a Walt Disney World duck after months of this park being closed and this duck just experiencing the Disney park by itself and suddenly it is being grabbed and taken out of its environment and people were either not happy or very stoked. <laughs> yeah, these uh, these duck TikTok critiquers were very vocal on social media. It was like all anyone could talk about for a solid like 72 hours. <laughs> Oh, man. So we asked these people, uh, what are their favorite Disney bird? And as Chris brought up, this can be uh, anything from the parks, from the movies, from the shorts. And uh, of course, not all of them can make it into this round of 16. So if you missed the dance, Chris, for me, the first one that missed the dance is Cotton's Parrot from Pirates of the Caribbean. We talked about Cotton during our best pirate of the Caribbean bracket, we talked about how our man's is very much a pirate and is very much lived through this parrot. He doesn't talk and this parrot talks for him. This parrot is the quintessential parrot, only knows a few phrases. Uh, even the pirates don't know what he's actually meaning. They think he just means yes. So uh, this one missed the dance and I'm honestly not surprised considering how much actually happens within the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, franchise. Second one for me is the Bugs Life bird, Chris. 
the the enemy oh, of of yes. a bug's life. <laughs> uh, this is a bird. I mean, this is a bird. I don't. There's not a whole a lot real, more it's like to a say. Real bird. It's an animatronic. It's like, <laughs> you know, is it? Is that it fact is by fact? End credits. Yeah, end credits. Watch. Look it up. I'm telling you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we will. Thank you so much. <laughs> it, uh, this is like it's like a robin. Um, and it terrorizes the ants of the anthill and ends up eating the bad guy at the end. So, I mean, this is just a bird. There's not a whole lot of character depth. But at the end of the day, it's still a solid bird. So, Chris, what about you? Who are some of the Miss the Dance? So, the first one for me, obvious, we were just talking about them, the Disney Parks Ducks. I mean, you have people <laughs> who are clearly concerned about Disney Parks birds I feel like yeah, it might have been a good chance for them to get some representation in this bracket because they are beloved by people mm-hmm. who frequent the parks a lot. Because once you go on all the rides and experience all the attractions, you got to find pleasure somewhere. And one of those things is like observing the natural wildlife at the yeah. park. Ducks are a fun time to just, just sit around <laughs> watching ducks. Another one that missed the dance for me is another park bird, and that is Orange Bird from the Walt Disney World version of the Enchanted Tiki Room. Mm -hmm. The state of Florida, I believe it was like the Oranges Administration or the Orange Industry or something, (laughs) uh, sponsored the original Tiki Room. And there was a whole like show, pre-show thing, and they created cartoons for this orange bird. Uh, One of those like beloved park nerd nostalgia characters. And last but definitely not least is Steve the Penguin from the (laughs) Disney Nature Penguins documentary. So I this was a I don't know kind of difficult for me to get through at times, but like seeing this little penguin, I'm sure it was like dozens of different penguins that they were filming throughout their time in Antarctica. But (laughs) they called it Steve, and they were like, "Oh, there's Steve. He's walking (laughs) up the hill." At one point, Steve like gets in a fight, gets kind of bloodied up. Steve Steve went through some stuff, man. And uh, I think a great Disney bird and a great actual bird. So, Robbie, did you have any that you noticed missed the dance here? I didn't notice any, but I am completely with you on the Disney ducks because as a duck hater, they are the only palatable <laughs> duck or bird in general that I've ever come across. They are exquisite, actually. They are probably my favorite type of bird as a bird hater. Wow. Those Disney ducks, man. They they really have the magic of Disney over everyone. All right, Chris. It is time. Let's go ahead and announce this round of 16 to figure out who the best Disney bird is. Cue the dramatic music. Here we go. Coming in at the number one seed, he's the angriest bird of them all, it is Donald Duck. Whose side is he on anyway? Coming in at number two from the Lion King, Zazu. Soaring in to the number three seed from one of the worst animated movies that we have seen on this podcast, it is Iago from Aladdin. Oh, you fancy. Coming in at number four, Daisy. If Disney Animation had a punked TV show, these three would be the host. Coming in at number five, it's Huey, Dewey, 
and Louie from DuckTales. Flying into the number six seed from Sleeping Beauty, Diablo. This bird embodies everything about fake it till you make it. Coming in at number seven, it's Scuttle from The Little Mermaid. Hallelujah. Coming in at number eight, Scrooge McNuck. You're so ready for that one. The wisest of the bunch coming in at number nine, it is Owl from Winnie the Pooh. Open wide coming in at number 10 from Finding Nemo, Nigel. He's a girl? Coming in at number 11, it's Kevin from Up. Should we just cook him? Coming in at number 12 from Moana, hey hey. Someone leave my mans alone. Coming in at number 13, it's Archimedes from Sword in the Stone. Life's a beach for the number 14 seed from Pixar's short film Piper, it's Piper. My dude produces Strictly Slaps. Coming in at number 15, it's Alan Adale from Robin Hood. Okay, Boomer. Coming in at number 16 from Fox and the Hound, Dinky and Boomer. All right, Robbie, so you've just heard the round of 16. Any initial thoughts, any surprises that popped into your mind as you took a look at this bracket? Piper's going to win. Piper is going to win. <laughs> Landslide. Woo! It's not even close, yeah. Holy cow, out the gates. We have a prediction from the guest host, and I love it. Chris, let's not waste any time. Let's hop into this. All right, so this first matchup, it's number one, Donald Duck from just the general Disney realm versus Dinky and Boomer from Fox and the Hound. A couple of sleepers, in my opinion, here. Dinky and Boomer are two birds that really kind of befriend Todd the fox in this movie because Big Mama the Owl, who's another Miss the Dance, to be honest, uh, took in Todd when he was a baby because he was abandoned. It, it was kind of presumed that the mom was killed because Disney, of course. These two are weirdos, Chris. I mean, I, I don't know if, why, but I remember watching Fox and the Hound a lot growing up, and maybe Robbie remembers this too, and maybe he watched it a lot when we were growing up, but uh, it's a really like deep and depressing story um, about like friends and differences, and then suddenly you have Dinky and Boomer who are just like these two comedic relief characters because I feel like the story went through and folks reading the storyboard were like, oh, are we trying to like make people super sad just through the entire thing? And honestly, I didn't hate it. it the, I don't feel like those two char- this characters are a distraction from the story. I think it kind of adds to you know the the entire vibe of the movie and and shows a little bit more lightheartedness to what is life in general like it's it's you have these friends and you have these allies who are so different from you to the point where you have somebody like boomer who's just a complete idiot complete idiot so who are they so dinky is like this little like finch guy he's like the straight man in this in this duo um, and Boomer's a woodpecker who is just a klutz and always quick to act, but not quick to think. Um, that almost every scene that you see him in, they're attempting to capture this caterpillar that has always just been on the run from them. Um, and the ways in which this caterpillar escapes is very Looney Tune-ish, which is very interesting. 
uh, he will tend to distract the birds or hide from the birds and make them make the mistake, uh, which they do almost every single time. So yeah, I, I, I like these two a lot. I think that not only do they actually like embody bird, you know, like, like they, they are birds, literally birds. They also speak, which is kind of that Disney-ness about them and, and the cartooniness of their antics is very endearing to me. Um, but they also play such a minor role, which is unfortunate, um, but I also don't think I could handle an entire movie about them. Got to take Dinky and Boomer in, in doses. There's a one scene that's really ingrained in my mind of, from this movie, and it's when the caterpillar is escaping onto the power lines. Uh, and it it inches across and it it like glows as it goes because it's the power is flowing through it, um, and the birds fly over to try and get it on this on like the top of the power line poles. There are these Robbie. You can probably help me. You're the the mechanical engineer over here. What's the little bulb things on top? The the it's like transformers, transformers maybe. Yeah. All right, let's go. I knew that. So the transformers. <laughs> <laughs> up top the the bird hides in the little glass case and the woodpecker pecks at it to get it why because boomer's an idiot and he's a woodpecker and of course he would do that because that's his instinct is to use his beak to get this caterpillar the birdness is real with dinky and boomer top over to the other side of this you got donald duck i really wish that they stuck with Donald Duck's character in the band concert, Chris, the sh Mickey short, um, where Donald's just a nuisance. And you get a little little pepper of anger in there, but he's really just trying to cause chaos. And uh, in, in the short, for context, he continues to divert the, the musical piece into another song by pulling out a flute. And he has millions of flutes stashed all around so they can never break them fast enough. I think that's hilarious and you kind of see that part of Donald transferred into Huey, Dewey, and Louie um, in the kind of DuckTales and the Donald Duck shorts uh, of the future. But what Donald turned into is just really a hothead. Um, he's very easily angered. Uh, he, he, you, There's moments of sympathy with him, but not a whole lot of empathy. He, he's continually getting punked by the chipmunks continually getting punked by his nephews. Uh, he can't seem to do anything right, but part of that is a little endearing. Like, he's the friend that, like, you know, gets real upset, and it's funny when he does, so everyone kind of just triggers him to get him mad. <laughs> but at the... And so also what's funny about Donald is, besides maybe some of the real birds on this bracket, like Piper, He's the only one that kind of like sounds or maybe Iago, I guess, that sounds like his bird. Like he speaks and sounds like a duck instead of just like a human speaking as a bird. So that adds to his like birdness for me. But the fact that my guy walks around in like a sailor suit and he's so further anthropomorphic than he is actual bird. Um, it's a little distracting. It's like, you know, it, can he be that great of a bird if like he's. A, a duck that's dressed and I've personally never seen this man fly never seen Donald Duck fly and I could be wrong but I've never seen him fly mm. Chris I'm going with the early upset I'm going to do Dinky and Boomer over Donald strictly Ooh. on the birdness <laughs> factor strictly on the okay. birdness factor whoa 
I mean, I feel like it usually takes us a few rounds until we get to the bird factor, but okay, we're coming in hot. Um, I I agree with your observations about Dinky and Boomer. Um, I disagree with how you feel about it, though. <laughs> They're little like physical comedy beats. They're like Tom and Jerry thing or whatever, Roadrunner, Wiley Coyote. It reminds me a lot of Lucifer in Cinderella and the with the mice, and we knocked Lucifer for that. So I'm like, dude, this is the exact same thing. But it's I also being... hyped those scenes when we were doing Best Animated. I said that I loved the the mouse chase scenes. So it okay. So my my alignment is very very much still here with the comedic value of the slapstickiness in the really deep moments. All right, that's an interesting hill to die on, but I'll allow it, I guess. Um, yeah, I also remember watching Fox and the Hound a lot, but like I don't remember anything about the movie other than there's a fox and a hound. Uh, so when I saw Dinky and Boomer on here, I was like, who? Me too. Snoop Dogg style. Um, question, is Boomer uh, Winnie the Pooh or Tigger or both? Uh, that's a good question. I didn't look that up, but I would assume he's both, right? It definitely sounds like the same mm-hmm. voice actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll look it up as you continue to give your little statement here. All right. Um, I agree that they are, are very bird-like. The chasing the caterpillar thing, sure. Very bird-like. I think being dumb is a bird quality. Sure. Like bird-brained. That's an expression for a reason. So uh, as we progress in this bracket, I think we're going to be kind of picking apart dumb birds and smart birds. And, yeah, uh, that's a great point. It'll, it'll be interesting. Great um, point. Uh, when it comes to Donald, I, you know, I didn't grow up watching a Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. I don't really have a lot of experience with Donald's content. So I had to go back and really try and find some Donald shorts and stuff like that because I, I I had never seen any. I just know him as being in that Fab Five, having a funny voice, and like you said, being this like super angry person. Yeah. I mean, every single like Donald picture you see on a T-shirt or something is like he's pissed off about something. Yeah. So, uh, I went and pulled up the Wikipedia page for like list of Donald cartoons, and there was like way too many for me to like deal with in, in one moment so <laughs> i cherry picked a few uh found one where donald wakes up uh, as a nazi soldier and um <laughs> that one's interesting uh, from the disney propaganda days uh yeah. where he sees how terrible life is uh under Def Führer, and then he wakes <laughs> up uh, in america and he's like really happy very strange <laughs> but uh, donald was a nazi at one point in, yeah. in the Disney canon, I guess. Uh, I found a, a much lighter short called Daddy Donald. Daddy Donald is great. It is about Donald adopting a baby kangaroo <laughs> and uh, hijinks ensue. Yeah. <laughs> Donald trying to be a father with a wild kangaroo. And, I mean, this is early Donald. This is like 1940s Donald. So he hadn't developed a lot of those, like you said, just like, angry like way too short-tempered um he was just kind of like a normal guy who maybe just got a little bit upset uh classic donald i think a better word to describe him would be proud he's a very prideful guy yeah 
I can see but, that. But, I mean, therein lies the question. He's a prideful guy. Is he a prideful bird? I don't know. <laughs> when you think of prideful birds, you think of, like, eagles and, like, falcons and vultures. You don't think of ducks. Uh, I guess maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Ducks. Do ducks, like, clean their coats and stuff? Uh, they know, definitely cool. bathe in the pools of Disney parks, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I don't know. That's a toss-up. Um, we iced Goofy pretty early in the best Disney dog bracket for being a little bit too anthropomorphic. <laughs> but uh, I'm actually advancing Donald here. I, I think that he uh, is a better all-around character, more enjoyable, more important. Uh, Dinky and Boomer, more bird-like, but not enough for me to advance them. So, Robbie, yo, first matchup. You got the tie break here. Okay. Um, great points. Uh, I really like the comic relief point and being bird-brained. Very accurate points. But I need to address the elephant in the room here. Um, Dinky and Boomer are attempted murderers. Their whole <laughs> stick is, their whole oh, stick yeah, is that yeah. they are trying to kill this worm. He, oh the worm God, is just chilling, is... and they're trying to kill the worm. So, that being said, moving on to Donald. Did you know that Donald Duck is the most popular Disney character in Europe? Bigger than Mickey. I did, did not. You... Where did you find this? this research? Listen, man, I, don't worry about that. But he <laughs> According is... to the internet. Wow. <laughs> yeah, according Where, to the internet. Where's Eric? Get Eric in <laughs> yeah, <on this>. Seriously. <laughs> He, uh, well, Donald does not wear pants, so that might have something to do with it. It's true. very European. That true. Is, that is very true. So I'm not going to go against an entire continent, so uh, Donald has my vote. <laughs> All right. Wow, Piper's going to be real awful oh, for you if, Don, if Dinky and Boomer were the attempted murderers. Uh, okay, well, we're advancing Donald to the next round, which brings us to our next matchup, which is the number eight seed Scrooge McDuck. Versus the number nine seed Owl from the Winnie the Pooh franchise. Let's start with Owl. Owl's the worst. He is in a lot of Winnie the Pooh movies and TV shows and stuff. Yeah. But I, I don't have time for all that. So all I want to talk about is the original Winnie the Pooh. Because I think this movie gives us enough to know what this character is about. And Owl is the king of the well actually guys. He's a reply guy. Like if oh. someone tweeted something on Twitter, Owl would be like, oh, well, actually. Yes. Thousand percent. He is super obnoxious with his storytelling. At one point, the narrator says, I'm like, oh, Owl told a story from page 44 to 64 or something like that. Uh, always just boring people with his nonsense. And probably the worst part about it, Piglet. Sweet, sweet, gentle Piglet. <laughs> Eeyore's like, Owl, this is your house now. And everyone's like, oh, no, this is Piglet's house. And Owl's just like, this is my house. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> like, a normal person would be like, oh, no, 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 no. Piglet, this is Piglet's house. Like, dude. <laughs> Owl takes it. Like, he's like, sure. Uh, I'll steal your house. I don't care. God, Owl. Rude. Also, very interesting how owls are often represented as being these wise, wise creatures in Western depictions. Believe it or not, owls are very dumb, <laughs> very dumb creatures and have very small brains relative <laughs> to the size of their bodies. So there are 
a lot of other smarter birds out there. Owls are dumb. So owl being this kind of like know-it-all type guy, or at least trying to make it seem that way, not super accurate if we're talking about realistic bird depictions. Okay. Scrooge McDuck. All right. We haven't talked about DuckTales at all on this podcast. No. So I'll be the first one to say the DuckTales song slaps. Slapper. So hard. Uh, I had not gone into Disney Plus and watched any of the DuckTales, but I grew up watching a lot of DuckTales VHSs. Hmm. And like, I was like, all right, I guess I'm watching DuckTales on Disney Plus today. And I pull it up and just like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, oh, yeah, let's go. Like, dude, that song's so good. So uh, I was really stoked on watching some DuckTales. Scrooge, I think when we think of Scrooge, just because his name's Scrooge, we think of this misanthropic character, a lot like Scrooge from A Christmas Carol. Yeah. And I believe in the original, like, Duck comics, this very much was Scrooge McDuck's character. Yes. But in DuckTales, obviously this is a kid's TV show. Uh, so this character needs to kind of give us a little bit more than just being an angry person. So the Scrooge in DuckTales is, I don't want to say he's a likable guy, but he ha- he definitely has a lot of more relatable qualities to him than just being an angry person. Sure. He's uh, really caring towards his nephews. Uh, I don't know if you guys know anything about the duck family tree. It's super confusing to me. I have no idea. It seems pretty incestual, (laughs) if I say so myself. But uh, I think Scrooge is Donald's uncle. Yeah. And Huey, Dewey, and Louie are Donald's nephews, but not from Scrooge? I yeah no uh i don't have you watched the new ducktales at all no no okay is that, so, is, that, is that family tree explained better there slightly so spoiler alert for everybody go ahead and close your ears if you're gonna watch the new ducktales uh <laughs> series uh, which i highly recommend i think it's very good uh but you you meet the nephew's mom and the oh. nephew's mom is Donald's sister. So Uncle Scrooge is also uh, Donald's sister's uncle. So he's like, they call him Uncle Scrooge, but he's just like a, a removed uncle from their their direct family tree, if that makes sense. So he's like a great, great uncle. grandfather, actually, or something like that. He, I don't know. Yeah, who cares? But he, they're not in, they're not like, Uncle Scrooge is not like the nephew's grandpa. He's like removed. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. Wow. Duck lineage. (laughs) Um, yeah. To me, Scrooge is definitely more of just like a common sense guy. You know, he's he's kind of like, you know, some a person that we all know. Mm -hmm. Not like a specific person, but a type of person. You know, someone who's like you know, wants to work hard, someone who, uh, you know, doesn't like mooching and all this kind of stuff. Uh, It's seen a lot in DuckTales. There's a good episode where he loses all of his money to a weasel who scams him. (laughs) And 
I don't love Scrooge's reaction to that because it feels a little bit out of character. You would think someone who he always talks about how he's self-made and he's like a, a, a what, what is it called when someone owns a lot of different types of businesses, a magnate, something like that. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. He owns a lot of businesses. Uh, he's definitely a, a multi-billionaire. Uh-huh. Uh, so we can talk about the ethics of that, but, um, but yeah, like he loses all of his money and then he's just like whining about it. And he's like, Oh no, like I can't do this. I can't be poor. When someone who is so about like working hard and picking yourself up to get to the top, normal person in that situation would be like, I did it before, I'll do it again. Right. Let's go. Right. Starting today, starting right now. Uh, so it's kind of a weird episode. <laughs> but in the end, he learns that giving away his money is more important than being super controlling over it. Uh, he gives like a thousand dollars to a woman on the street who is collecting donations, like a Salvation Army thing. Uh, probably, you know, point zero one percent of his net worth, but uh, I guess it's something. <laughs> Here is why I think Scrooge actually might be a good depiction of a bird. Okay. Birds steal stuff. <laughs> I if you've ever been to a Sea World. Protect your churro because they will swoop down and take it out of your hands. Mm -hmm. Birds are nesters. They take things that they steal and put it in their house and keep it there forever. So the idea that Scrooge has like acquired finances through potentially questionable ethics and is just hoarding it all in one giant mansion and he's got a pool of money that he's swimming in every day. You know, it's kind of bird-like. It, it is. like I, I don't know that it makes him super likable, but it's bird-like. And he's going up against Owl here, who is just an idiot. <laughs> I don't like him. I'm going Scrooge here. Um, to go back to last round, uh, Boomer is voiced by the voice of Tigger. Just so we can close the book on that. Uh, you're right. Owl sucks, man. Uh, most of the problems of the gang of the Hundred Acre Woods comes from Al and his fake smartness. Um, it, you brought up that Al's are actually not that smart. Um, I Al is smart. He's the only one that kind of understands worldly things, but he's also too confident in his own smartness. And I don't think that's him being dumb. I just think that's him, you know, being overconfident. And in that, he gets everybody in trouble. Uh, there's in uh, Pooh's Grand Adventure, Christopher Robin sends the gang a, a message that he can't come hang out with them because he has school. And which is like, okay, little kid trying to get an education. I support it. Don't let the, the gang in his way. And Al's like, let me read the note because, of course, Pooh's an idiot and Piglet doesn't do anything. So Al's got to take ownership and read this thing. And he reads school as skull, S-K-U-L-L, and forces everyone to think that Christopher Robin is in danger because of that word. So now everyone's freaking out and going on this dumb rescue mission that doesn't have to happen because Christopher Robin's trying to get learned. So he's he causes more problems than, than uh, solutions. 
he uh, is definitely more bird-like than Scrooge, but I think that his non-bird-likeness kind of cancels out any appeal for him for me. Uh, and and you brought up a super great point about stashing things away and connecting it in a way that I've never thought about it. So even though I was going to have Scrooge move on in the first place, like I'm definitely having him move on right now. Uh, and Rob, before we go to you on your thoughts, did you know that Glasgow, Scotland claims Scrooge as one of their most famous residents? And they claim <laughs> they claim that he started out as a shoe shiner in the streets before becoming rich no. and moving out. This course. is a BBC News article that I got this from. So uh, hats off to Glasgow, Scotland and all of our listeners out there. All right, Robbie, we're moving on Scrooge. What are your thoughts? Um, Al has the worst British accent in the entire game. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, he has a British accent? He does, man. And it's I thought so... he was just talking kind of funny. No, it's it's so bad. It's it, it's Ew. sinful, man. Yeah, it's bad. Go back and look at it, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> That's Yikes. hilarious. So you guys chose right. I totally agree. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the next round on this side of the bracket. It is the number four Daisy Duck versus number... 13 Archimedes uh, Daisy Duck is Donald's girlfriend I think at one point fiance maybe Daisy makes her debut uh, in 1940 in the short Mr. Duck steps out it's not really the Daisy that we know today none of these characters really were but she made her appearance she's super loving and very caring towards Donald uh, but she's also like not that way with anybody else. She kind of puts herself before all other friends. She has these crazy ideas and, and kind of forces her friends into, uh, you know, executing schemes with her, even though they don't want to be a part of it. She she feels like, and here's a, a 90s reference, she feels like the kind of like Hillary Banks from Fresh Prince of like the, the Fab Five. Like she's this kind of like self-centered into materialistic things and doesn't really care about others but is also just ignorant to it like she doesn't know that she's affecting other people or 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 her friends uh you learn a lot more about daisy duck in the in the two th early 2000s maybe late 90s uh anthology house of mouse uh that used to show up on abc in the mornings and she used to have a ton of shorts within that uh, that were just focused on her as opposed to like just the classic Pluto, Mickey, Donald ones. So uh, yeah, you, you get to know her. She's, uh, her character is very surface level, to be honest. It, it, you, we don't know a whole lot about her because she is just this person. I mean, we know a lot about her, but besides kind of her materialistic outlook, uh, there's not a whole lot much more to her, in my opinion. Archimedes is an owl. Chris already debunked that this guy should not be as smart as he is uh, as an owl. He's he's named after a philosopher, which just kind of goes hand in hand with like him supposed to be smart. Uh, Sword in the Stone is a difficult movie to get through sometimes, uh, but when you watch it in the lens of Archimedes, it's actually pretty enjoyable. Archimedes, <laughs> he just... <laughs> He just wants to like live his life, man. And like Merlin will not let that happen. 
will Merlin's not just a let drunk it. old guy who will not <laughs> leave him alone <laughs> and then he's just like his roommate that's just forced to live there because it's all he can afford and like he's just trying to get by and merlin gets him into all this crazy stuff um what's really bird-like about uh archimedes though is that he like as anthropomorphic as he is you kind of get the sense that like maybe merlin made him talk through like merlin's magic because none of the other animals in this movie speak uh and even when their animals uh in certain scenes like when wart and merlin turn into squirrels or when they turn into fish those fish and squirrels are not talking to them in any sort of language that they understand so i'm not really gonna fault archimedes for his non-bird like talking like i don't even know what an owl sounds like to be honest so who cares but who uh he's very he's very yeah like that he's very <laughs> owl like he's very owl like uh he does say who a lot i just don't know what the indentation of his <laughs> hooing is robert i got it who what what yeah. <laughs> there you go another really bird-like quality of him is when he teaches wart how to fly and not only that part, uh, teaching him how to fly and knowing the mechanics of using his wings, but when Wart is a fish and he rescues him, he uses the art of flight to escape from the Barracuda, uh, which I don't know when Merlin brings it up in a very funny moment where he doesn't, <laughs> he goes, why is there a Barracuda in the moat? Like the entire time of that sequence, I'm thinking, why is there a Barracuda living in a castle moat? And then Merlin called it out and I really like that. Uh, Chris here for me, I'm going with Archimedes. I, I like his character. I feel like I relate to him a little bit and, uh, and Daisy's just too surface for me. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Archimedes is kind of a hater. Yeah. And, and if you look at him that way, he's kind of unlikable. We're like, sure. dude, this guy just like will not get with the movie at all. Mm -hmm. Like this guy hates sword in the stone as much as I do. <laughs> and then like, when you kind of like look at it that way, it's like, oh wait, like, I guess it's, I mean, it's fun for us, but in the context of the movie, it's it's kind of annoying, but sure. Um, yeah, like you said, love that he's just like, Merlin, leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> Merlin, stop trying to bird-splain flight to me. I'm the bird here. Let me take off. Daisy, uh, she just, yeah, she's just a basic. She's just a mm -hmm. basic, unfortunately, and uh, I think whoever created Daisy was like, we just need to get Donald a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Mickey has Minnie. We need Daisy to have, we need Donald to have somebody. So yeah, I think Archimedes, stronger character, stronger bird, definitely advancing here. Robbie, do you have any parting words for Daisy Duck? Um, no, but Archimedes is a flat earther. I don't know if you guys knew that too. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's he is a fighter, oh, yeah. but I oh, mean, right. even then, I still feel he beats out Daisy for sure. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you're so right. He is a fighter. He is a fighter. It's unfortunate, but you know, we all have our flaws. All right. Well, let's move on down to the number five seed, Huey, Dewey, and Louie versus number 12, Hey Hey from Moana. All right. Let's talk about Hey Hey. Oh, no. Because <laughs> we, have, we have absolutely... Demolished. murdered hey hey <laughs> multiple times on this podcast and i saw him on here and i'm like i'm about to punt hey hey 
Back to Matanui. <laughs> but I watched Moana, or at least I watched the Hey Hey clips, and I was like, I need to be nonpartisan here. I need to okay. be non-biased okay. and watch some Hey Hey. Okay. I do not like Hey Hey still. I still <laughs> yeah. hate Hey Hey, but I think Hey Hey is very bird-like. Yes. I have to give him some credit for that. Uh, <laughs> the... I referenced it in the intros, but I feel like the elder guy on the island when he looks at Hey Hey and he's like, he seems to lack basic intelligence for pretty much everything. Should we yeah. just cook him? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, 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 we should. But Moana says something. She's like, oh, I'm sure there's more to Hey Hey than meets the eye. And the thing is, there's not. Mm-mm. And that never really pays off. Uh, nope. They're setting up something, maybe, but it just... Never I don't happens. know. Maybe they're trying to like draw a comparison between Hey Hey and Moana, where like it's not always skin deep. I don't know. Sure. If we're talking about not bird moments, at one point, Maui tries to feed Hey Hey some seeds, and Hey Hey just stands there staring and maui has to like like (laughs) tip his beak down to get him to eat so this bird is so stupid (laughs) it does not know how to eat seeds Uh, yes he he randomly comes through with like a super clutch story moment Mm -hmm. in the middle of like this epic battle with tafiti moana drops the heart of tafiti and it looks like it's going off the boat and hey hey like catches it and then, like, she's like, no, hey, hey. And then he, like, gives it back to her. Right. It is, like, maybe seven seconds long. I don't know why it's in the movie, but I guess we have to give hey, hey some points for clutch, clutch chicken. Clutch, clutch, yeah, clutch moment, clutch chicken moment. Huey, Dewey, and Louie, honestly, they, and again, I do not have a lot of experience with classic Disney cartoons where Huey, Dewey, and Louie might be present nor the Duck comics that they may have originated from. But in Duck Tales, Huey, Dewey, and Louie definitely operate kind of like a singular unit. Mm -hmm. There's not a whole lot of telling them apart from a personality perspective. They just wear different hats and different (laughs) t-shirts. Yeah. And I feel like their role in Duck Tales is they are like, the physical manifestation of the child who is watching the TV show at home where like they're reacting like a child would to a lot of the situations. Like they go on a, a crazy adventure and Huey, Dewey and Leo are just like, Whoa, this is so cool. Woo-hoo! Right. Right. Um, so I think that's really their only purpose. Uh, I definitely obviously like Huey, Dewey and Louie more as characters but I'm going to do something crazy here, y'all. I am advancing Hey Hey because he is more bird-like. I hate to do it, but I have to be true to myself and not biased here. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, in the new, so in the Disney shorts, Huey, Dewey, and Louie were definitely very hard to tell apart because they all had the same voice. And that goes straight into the original DuckTales. And in the new one, they don't speak like ducks. They speak like humans. Um, so, and they all have their own different personalities in the new one. Um, so it's, you know, there's so many, there's a few different iterations of these 
characters that it's kind of hard to nail down. There's not a progression. There's just like a, a, a huge jump off uh, in personality from, as you said, acting as one unit to acting more like individual, one smart, one's adventurous, one's uh, just kind of weird. Yeah, when we saw this and Hey Hey was on it, I was like, man, this sucks because Hey Hey sucks. Um, and then they got he got matched up against Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and they don't suck, and they're very quintessential Disney. Um, but unlike like Scrooge, who got a pass, he got he showed us his bird card because he stashes things. Uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie are just like little evil punker nephew rascals, you know? They're you brought up Dinky and Boomer being very like Looney Tunish. Uh, some of the antics of these of these triplets feel that way as well. Um, now Hey Hey is on on like the Disney Disney scale of this Disney bird thing, and I mean it, it feels very. And we've talked about sidekicks and just being there just to be there. Like that's Hey Hey, and I don't feel like that used to be always the case. Like sidekicks. In the past in Disney, we're always maybe moral compasses or help further the story along. along. Uh, hey, hey was there to get the laughs out of the kids most of the time, uh, and that was really annoying. So in this matchup, Chris, I, it's crazy, but I'm going with you, man. I'm going to move Hey, hey on based on purely its dumb birdness. Chickens aren't smart, so I'm not surprised that like Hey, hey couldn't eat its own food, but Hey, hey, that's also an exaggerated dumbness, and it's he's gonna get absolutely demolished in the next round, I think. So, uh, Robbie, thoughts on this like surprise move to have Hey, hey over the DuckTales triplets here? I am actually appalled by the Hey, hey slander going on right now. Oh, um, no. so here, hold on. oh no, so oh, no. Hey, hey is a silent comedian. Who else is a silent <laughs> comedian? Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> You guys are, are going against doing? Charlie, what are you, what the are you Charlie doing? Chaplin of Disney right now. I need and you guys you are not that. seeing it. I need so you I just, to stop that. I don't know. I Good decision is all I could really say. All right, man. All right. Well, your Charlie Chaplin moved on. Uh, let's go ahead and jump across the bracket. It is number two, Zazu, versus number 15, Alan Adele. Dude, this uh, rooster slaps, man. Talk about slaps. This rooster, uh, Udalali, such a good song. It's a very relaxing song. Uh, I don't know, Chris, if you were involved in the in the like Vine culture when Vine was around, but there was a Vine that kind of went slightly viral, and it was the rooster walking to the uh, whistling part of Udalali, and they just looped it. So it was this very like soothing loop that was just like entrancing. It's great. Uh, my guy's a rooster, bird. Don't know a whole lot about roosters, but they do sing early in the morning. So <laughs> if we're going to say something about that, there you go. Uh, he he serves as the narrator of this movie, so we don't get a whole lot of out of him. He kind of just explains situations, or instead of them giving us a montage, he'll explain how they got into a predicament uh, and what took place in the time before between scenes which is helpful and it's kind of i don't know it feels kind of creative because up until then i don't think 
Disney really took that route. I think they were very just straightforward storytelling scene to scene. And this was a little bit of a step back into telling more of like the storybook type thing. So it's cool. It's not unfamiliar, but it's different enough within the Disney realm that it's notable, I think. Uh, He's going up against Zazu. Zazu is a a hornbill, a red-billed hornbill to be specific. Uh, which are definitely found in Africa. So he is uh, very much within where he should be in this movie. He's kind of the servant to Mufasa. He's the newskeeper. He's the one that's keeping an eye on what the happenings, which is bird-like. I mean, my guy has to soar above everything, kind of take note, know where there's danger, much like birds have to do. Know if he was a predator bird, he could also, you know, scope out what's going on, but he's not. Um, (laughs) Zazu is like, I don't know. I don't know if I like Zazu or if I don't like Zazu just based on like his character, because I think at some points I do, I think he's actually funny. I I think he's funny, like in the way that he's like trying to be cool or, you know, like he's that, especially in the point when he's kind of serving as the babysitter for Nala and Simba when they're going to the elephant graveyard and he's kind of acting like this high and mighty, like, you know, you, you kids don't know anything sort of character. And I think that's just funny because as you know, kids growing up, we probably all felt that about somebody that was our, you know, supervisor or our babysitter, you know? So it, it was kind of nice to, to see that and be thrown back into this, you know, nostalgia. Uh, at one point, he's not very bird-like. Uh, I feel like birds are really quick to escape. He gets thrown into a cage that he could definitely get out of. Uh, and he could definitely just fly away from the hyenas and from Scar if he really wanted to. Although cats are pretty quick, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Scar would be able to snatch him out. But he's also in the cage that he could definitely like walk out of. Uh, come on, one hundred percent. I come knew on, I was born to criticize movies at a super <laughs> annoyingly small scale when I was like four years old, and I was like, he should not be trapped in there. He could definitely fly out of there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I uh, uh, extra points for Zazu for throwing down a little. It's a small world. For no reason. <laughs> I don't know. If I can fit Small World into my Minus life, go points. ahead. <laughs> Minus oh. points. Go ahead. Yep. Uh, in this matchup here for me, Chris, I'm going to have to side with Zazu, honestly, only because we don't get enough out of our boy Alan in uh, Robin Hood. And he's just kind of serves as the narrator. And there's not a whole lot of diving into who this bird is other than a, a mandolin playing uh, fowl. So I'm going to go with Zazu. Uh, I mean, you're kind of right. I mean, Zazu flies around, and the surveillance thing I think is a really good point. Zazu's so slimy; he's like a he's like yeah. a weasel type, you know. I, I feel like he would almost be better served as like a rodent at the same time, just like how like on both sides of the fence he is. You know, he's sure, like sure, sure. He's I know we haven't talked about Iago yet, but like Iago is on the shoulder of Jafar at all times. It's like, it's Mm -hmm. never a question where Jafar stands. And like Zazu is on Mufasa's shoulder and then he's on Scar's shoulder. And then he's like talking to Simba and Nala. And like, he's, he's rude to Simba about him being King one day. 
Like he's just like all over the map. I I can't tell where his loyalties are. And to me, that's really not bird-like because birds are actually like extremely close companions, especially like pet birds. Um, Alan Adale, I mean, you're you you right, man. Alan Adale is great, and mm-hmm. we do not get enough of this this no. bird. You did not mention not in Nottingham, which is a phenomenal, super You're underrated right. Disney song. Alan Adale is voiced by Roger Miller, which I, I think is important, not to him being a bird, but uh, I want to talk about it a little. Roger Miller is a classic uh, folk slash country artist, and in Robin Hood, Alan Adale calls himself a minstrel, which mm-hmm. is the first known type of musical form that was secular, not tied to religion because the invention of music was basically like chanting and then minstrels came along and they told stories. And that is seen most prevalently today in the indie country scene, the folk scene, Americana scene. And Roger Miller is, you know, a lot older than the current artists, but uh, <laughs> I don't think he's with us anymore, but he's, uh, you know, per- perfect, perfect casting for, for this character. Um, is Alan Adele bird-like? No. Do he's... I like him a lot? Absolutely, Yes. <laughs> Is Zazu bird-like? Yeah, he is. Do I like him? Not at all. I'm advancing Alan the Dale because (laughs) I cannot get enough of this dude, which means we're going to Robbie for the tie break. Do you guys remember that song that the, uh, the the hamster song that that one? (laughs) The hamster dance, man. It's a classic. I think that was sampled from one of Alan's songs. (laughs) It definitely could have been. The whistle stop. Yeah, Yeah, the whistle, yeah. Um, I mean, the street cred that Alan has is just uh, (laughs) enormous just because of that song. Zazu, like you guys were saying, is just way, way, way too annoying. Um, Yeah, bird-like maybe, but I will give him this. He has a good British accent. Um, Even with that, I think Alan is going to go be my vote for that one. Good Lord. Upset. Good Lord. 15 Alan Adele takes down the number two Zazu. We're moving on to the number seven seed Scuttle from Little Mermaid versus number 10 Nigel from Finding Nemo. So (laughs) while we're on the topic of annoying birds, let's talk about Scuttle. (laughs) Scuttle is a phony fraud. Doesn't know what he's talking about ever. Literally ever. Scuttle is the worst. Ariel swims up to the surface. She's like, what's this? He's like, oh, it's Dinglehopper. Oh, it's a Snarf Blatt. And then is just completely Mm -hmm. wrong about it. Mm-hmm. Then Ariel washes up on the beach. She's got legs, and he's like, "You look different. What's going on?" She has legs. She is a mermaid and has legs. Scuttle, pay attention, my dude. Are you watching this movie? Then during "Kiss the Girl," he tries to attempt to sing, and it is really terrible and awful. And birds sing good. I mean, all birds have great, lovely singing voices. <laughs> Scuttle. He don't got it. Eric, like the one Eric moment that is enjoyable for me. He (laughs) hears it and he's like, someone should put that animal out of that misery. Mm -hmm. 
I was like, put me out of my misery. <laughs> now let's talk about Nigel. Nice guy, Nigel. Nigel is uh, just a great person. Yeah. You know, like he is always there when you need him. One of his buddies is choking and they're like, hey, Nigel, go help out Gerald. And he goes over, helps get him unchoked, gives him a little pat on the back. He helps Marlon get to Nemo. Super necessary. Like, Marlon would not have found Nemo without Nigel's help. Right. Just facts. Just facts. The thing I love about Nigel is he also displays a lot of, like, solid bird traits too in addition to being this just like anthropomorphic nice guy character sure he crashes into the dentist office window twice as well as when he makes it inside of the dentist office after marlin pulls on his tongue nigel's inside and he's just freaking out he's like flying (laughs) everywhere like knocking stuff over like you would expect a giant pelican might do if they were stuck inside of a dentist's office uh and you know his personality is 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 rounded out with subtlety like only Pixar can do by making Nigel super into dental medicine. Right. He like starts narrating the root canal and is like asking all of these questions about it. So funny. He also gets like a pretty awesome aerial maneuver when he's got uh Marlon and Dory in his mouth and they're flying away from the seagulls and he like poof, mm-hmm. turns on his side and flies through the sailboat. Got a super funny line right before that when uh, the seagull's like, mine? And he's like, you're rats with wings. (laughs) (laughs) So great. I love Nigel. Uh, I hate Scuttle. This one's really easy, y'all. I got number 10, Nigel, advancing. Landslide. Totally. I'm with you. Uh, Scuttle sucks. Also, I I don't know if I totally agree that all birds have, like, beautiful singing voices. Scuttle's supposed to be a seagull and like seagulls are actually annoying and loud and he's kind of embodies that. So I'll give him the pass on that. But as far as like birdness, they both are exhibit a lot of very bird traits. But Nigel's character is just so much better. Uh, it's just so much better. He's resourceful. He's uses the his bill and his pouch as uh, pelicans would. Uh, I had, you know, living in Santa Barbara, Chris, you would always see seagulls trying to get what the pelicans had. And that's evident in Finding Nemo, right? With Dory and uh, uh, and Marlon. So I'm with you. Uh, Nigel's moving on. Any last words for Scuttle, Robbie? Any, any fun facts that you're going to throw at us this time? No, no fun facts. I mean, Nigel's the friend that we all want and Scuttle's a friend that we're trying to get rid of. Um, I... <laughs> There's no way that we can move Scuttle. Yeah, it's, it's definitely Nigel for this round. All right. All right. That settles it. That's a great way of putting it, actually. Let's talk about uh, someone I hate and someone I love. It is number three, Iago, versus number 14, Piper. Uh, you know, what I will give Iago is, like, parrots are probably super annoying to have as pets. Like, I've never had a parrot, but, like, if this thing is caged up and just talking all the time, I I don't want it. Uh, the casting was great, like to get Gilbert Gottfried's ridiculous voice to be this parrot was like made to be, I think. Uh, there's a part where uh, one of those dumb kind of comedy bits where uh, in order to like power 
uh, Jafar's like crystal ball or whatever, Iago has to run in a hamster re- hamster wheel. One, Jafar, you're like a sorcerer, dude. Just like use some magic to figure this out. And two, uh, with a, an animal that flies, I'm sure like wind power or something else would be a little bit better use of your time. Uh, as far as the characters go, um, Iago is like how you kind of describe Zazu as slimy. He has to be. That's his character. He's the villain's sidekick. Uh, he's, I mean, he, the most bird-like thing is he flies away from danger, including giving up his master at the end of Aladdin, you know, so, and he ends up getting caught anyways, so he's not even that good at flying. Uh, but his character overall is just obnoxious and annoying and very, like, quintessential Disney 90s, like, side character, you know, and, and you, we've already talked about Scuttle, um, and even some of the freaking <laughs> furniture in Beauty and the Beast, freaking LeFou sometimes, you know? Uh, so I'm not a big Iago guy. Every time we have Aladdin on this bracket, I think everyone can expect what's to come. Piper is a bird's bird for sure. Uh, Piper comes from a short, and we get a lot out of Piper in this short. A lot of character development we can kind of see what Piper's thinking and we can relate. Uh, we broke down Piper in the best Pixar short bracket, so won't continue on too much, but I really like the birdness. I'm afraid of how much the Disneyness will hold up later in the bracket, but in this round here, Piper's moving on. Surprisingly, Kyle, I really enjoy Iago. I think Genie and Iago and a few of the songs are... are good positive takeaways from Aladdin. Uh, I agree that he's annoying, but I think that's what makes him funny to me because Gilbert Gottfried is such an annoying comedian. Sure. And uh, just the way he plays that character works comedically for me. I think the best device that Iago uses as a character is him pretending to be a real bird when other people are present. Like the Sultan yes. is right. talking to Jafar and he's like, Barrr! and then the Sultan like shoves a cracker in his face. Yeah. Uh, so funny. And also when Jafar becomes the Sultan, Iago has a little tiny Sultan hat on too. Can't forget that. <laughs> Just a great minion. I mean, he made it really far in our minions bracket, but he did. Uh, I do really, really like Iago a lot, okay. but I would die for Piper. <laughs> I would take a bullet <laughs> for that little bird. Yes. So easily, I'm also advancing Piper. Robbie, talk to me about Piper. Um, I've never felt so many emotions all in the same time. Besides when I watched Piper in theaters, I cried, <laughs> I laughed, I hugged everybody. Um, the thing about Yago is that he's very one-dimensional and that he's just funny because of the voice to me. You know, mm. it's, sure, sure. I love that uh, Gilbert. He he's really funny, but no, no, no. Piper is uh It's uh, Piper is special to me. You're gonna pass up like the murder aspect of Piper's existence, and no, it's gonna be okay. Listen, um, completely different. Yeah, let's move on, Piper. Thank you. <laughs> All right, well, folks, we've reached our last first round matchup. It is the number six seed Diablo from Sleeping Beauty versus number eleven Kevin. From up. All right. 
Let's talk about Kevin Eleven because this might be a hot take or maybe I just haven't watched up enough, but I feel like Kevin's just a giant hey hey. Yeah, with a little bit more agency than Hey Hey has. He has slightly more agency. He serves the plot a little bit more, but I still feel like Kevin is more of an object than a subject. Yeah. Kevin's character is just her being big and loud and fuzzy and derpy. Mm Mm-hmm. I do love baby Kevins. I do love the baby Kevins at the end. Very cute. And also, Kevin eats the cane, yes. which is like exactly, Hey Hey does that with mm-hmm. the rock. So it's mm-hmm. like very similar uh, imagery, similar dumb bird moments. Uh, also, I mean, this is uh, this is a motherly bird. Very. She has little little baby Kevins that that's part of uh, what our heroes Carl and Russell are trying to get Kevin to her little babies, mm-hmm. and we don't really have any other characters on this bracket who have that sense of like uh, you know nurture. I mean, maybe Scrooge, but um, yeah, maybe. Kevin definitely has that. So that is a great bird quality in addition to being uh, just dumb. Kevin's up against Diablo. Uh, we talked a lot about Diablo in the minions bracket. Uh, from a, a minions perspective, Diablo's super clutch and essential to all of Maleficent's evil operations. Uh, at one point, Diablo like commands the goon army when they're trying to uh, attack Prince Philip and Flora, Fauna, and Merriweather. Diablo is like the eyes of uh, Maleficent. You talked about surveillance with Zazu, it's definitely the case for Diablo here. Uh, Diablo is the one who noticed the magical sparkles coming out of the cabin and and learns that that's where Briar Rose is being hidden. Diablo also displays some pet-like tendencies. Maleficent stroking Diablo like a cat or something when she's sitting mm-hmm. on the throne at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Diablo's a straight-up bird, too. Like, no anthropomorphism at all. Like, doesn't talk, no, like, goofy cartoon eyes or anything like that. So uh, this is really, I, I think, a, a very, very even matchup. Sure. Uh, and I think I'm just going to have to go with the one I like better. And I think for me, that's Diablo. Kevin, uh, I think, is a great Disney bird because of the fact that, you know, it, it, she acts so much like a bird, but is also very expected in her actions uh, from a Disney film. You know, you you expect this goofy bird to add some comedic value to the movie, and she does. I mean, she shows kind of loyalty to Russell and absolutely despises Carl, and anytime Carl tries to do anything, Kevin will snap at him. Uh, And I feel like that happens a lot with, you know, kind of the pets, uh, concept that you brought up with Diablo where they get territorial over the one that they spend the most time with or the one that they like and want to defend and so uh Kevin loves chocolate which uh probably not good for Kevin but birds will eat anything so I get it uh you're right that in the plot of the film Kevin's an object 
this is the prize for the bad guys in Up. Uh, Carl and Russell just want to protect Kevin, get Kevin back to the babies. Uh, so you don't get a whole lot of, you know, character growth other than what you would, I guess, expect out of this Bert. But then you go to the other side with Diablo. Who's that? Plus the good qualities that I like about Zazu uh, and Zazu's birdness. And, you know, this is a, a Disney sidekick, ride or die right there. Uh, we we thought very highly of Diablo in the Disney Minions bracket. Uh, I think in this bird bracket is the same. Uh, Diablo is great with surveillance. Diablo is a raven and ravens are notoriously smart birds. And for this bird to actually be very smart uh, is clutch and very, you know, characteristic of Diablo. It's it's what you would expect. I I just re- I don't know why I have such a attraction to Diablo's character, and I might have just you know been born with this podcast to be honest. And we talked about uh, rewatching Sleepy Beauty for the best animated, and how much we actually loved it, and talking about Diablo and Maleficent and the villains and in the minions. And this I just really enjoy this movie, and I enjoy the depth of characters that we get, except for Filthy Phil. We'll never accept Filthy Phil on this podcast. Uh, but Chris, I think you're right when you got two when you got two birds up against each other that are just bird to bird, like Diablo and Kevin. Diablo is gonna take it every time for me. So that is going to conclude the round of sixteen. Uh Robbie, any thoughts about Diablo and Kevin? No, I really thought Diablo um had no chance in this round but after just hearing what you guys had to say completely makes sense diablo was just intelligent very bird-like uh, as far as ravens go kevin you know he was a hey hey but it was very much one-dimensional for the length of screen time that he got so or that she got sorry um so yeah i'm i'm in total agreement with you guys all right folks well that does it for our first round and this episode of mouse madness Next episode, we're going to have our Elite Eight matchups, starting with the number one seed Donald versus eight Scrooge McDuck. We've got the 13 seed Archimedes versus the number 12 Hey Hey, number 15 Alan Adale versus number 10 Nigel, and the number 14 seed Piper versus number six Diablo. Kyle and Robbie, how do we feel about how we turned out here? We got a lot of high seeds left here. Yeah, uh, these matchups are super interesting to me because uh not only do you have the uncle and nephew in the first round there but it feels like the right side of the bracket sans piper uh on the left is very heavily like bird bird you know those lower seeds are are birds birds uh, or the higher seeds i guess in some points so i don't know it's gonna be super interesting uh robbie your thoughts i'm just glad that owl's out early get him out of there get him out same with zazu that's all i wanted all right all right well thank you so much robbie for joining us this week on mouse madness hope you had fun we look forward to talking to you next week had a blast thank you guys for having me listeners you know how to get a hold of us if you've got some thoughts on all this bird business send us an email at mouse madness podcast at gmail.com 
tweet us at Mouse Madness Pod. Join our Facebook group or our Discord server, which are both linked in the description of this podcast. Until next time, fish gotta swim, birds gotta eat. Watch, 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 wat